This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to the Delighted Customers Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Slayton, and I'm so glad you're here. I empower leaders to turn indifferent customers into loyal fans. I talk to guests with a wide range of expertise who share meaningful insights and wisdom. We give you practical tips and proven frameworks and share ways to help you delight your customers. I've been doing some research on what's most important to business leaders, and I've heard three major themes. Number one, their employees are burned out and feel overwhelmed. Number two, they're concerned about customer retention. And number three, they want to address customer friction, whether it's controllable or not, but they need actionable results. As a result, I've created the 120-day Quick Start a four-step program designed to go from current state assessment to specific strategies to get you actionable results in 120 days. If you want to make a quick impact, check out empoweredcx.com for more information. I'd love to talk to you. To say this episode is a little different would be an understatement. Today, a dear friend and well-respected certified customer experience professional in her own right had a chance to turn the tables on me. Patty Saltis is doing important work in Tampa at the Moffitt Cancer Center as a leader in their patient experience work, literally helping to save lives every single day. Patty turns the tables on me as I share some insights that I don't typically get to do as the podcast host. Let's dive right in. So, Mark, one of the first things we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about how you and I, how our career paths crossed. And it's funny because there's a number of customer experience professionals that are out there and ones that you get to meet. And then there's ones that you get to meet and you get to build a longer term relationship with and really get to know. And you and I are having that fortunate experience. And um, I know how we met, but I think it'd be fun for your audience to learn about that. Awesome. Yeah, let's do it. You want me to start? So, you want to start? Yeah. So, do you want to tell them the story of of how we met? <laughs> well, my recollection was you you uh, reached out to me because you were doing some research for a company that you work for that was kind of a research company that on CX leaders and kind of the state of CX leaders. Like, what is this? What is the current condition of the world of CX professionals, in particular leaders. And I was a practitioner at the time inside of a bank in the financial services world. And you asked me a whole bunch of questions. That's my recollection. So I'm going to fill in the blanks just a little bit yeah. more because you came to me highly recommended by the CXPA. You came to me very highly recommended and they specifically told me that I needed to speak with you about the CX leadership roles that you have played in the past. Um, clearly, you do quite a bit with the CXPA, and I know that you are a board member there. And um, there was, you are, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. You are certainly an influential member of the CX community. Well, that's kind. That's kind. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. And it's a true story. <laughs> I hope I hope it was worth your while, but I, I found your your questions and then your final report, which was you know really really interesting. As you you looked at all these, I mean, I, one thing I will say is I was in really good company 
of all the people that you you interviewed, I felt honored. Yeah, there were there were about 50 people that I interviewed for the report, and they were truly the leaders in the customer experience community. And certainly you needed to be one of those people. So I'm just thrilled and delighted. And then I'm further excited that our relationship has continued beyond that. And everybody who goes into customer experience ends up having these fun stories of how they got there, because it's not a typical career path. There's not necessarily a career path that somebody follows that takes them into customer experience. And a lot of people come from another place outside of that. And then they find that and they find they have this amazing love of learning more about the customer and how it can influence a company and certainly influence the results of an organization. So I'd love to hear the story of how you ended up in customer experience. Well, yeah, that's thank you for sharing. And I found the same thing is that people come through all different paths to get to the customer experience world. Mine was maybe a little different than a number of them. I came through sales. Um, My whole background, 23 years. I was at eight years with one company and 13 years with another company, Standard Register, Boise Cascade Corporation in the B2B space. And after that period of time, I decided I I would like to help other companies with revenue growth and, and sales strategies. I, I did. I worked with companies in tech, insurance, um, and uh, allied health, and 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 financial services, uh, and ended up um, ended up connecting with a guy named Charlie Green during the period of time that I was doing management consulting, who wrote a book called The Trusted Advisor, and that was that was kind of uh, uh, a shift in my career path because um, Charlie, I always. I always noticed that with the salespeople that I worked with and managed, the best ones had the ability to develop these deep relationships with their customers, so much to the point where they were being invited to their weddings and they were godparents for their kids and just trusted completely. If there was ever a competitor that said it, uh, sent in an unsolicited bid, they would just hand it right over to them and here's what your competitors are doing. You know, that level of trust and that's why I noticed uh, Charlie, Charlie Green's writings and then connected with him and ultimately became one of his certified trainers for, for the trusted advisor training. Um, and then uh, continued to do management consulting. And, and one of the clients that I had connected with was a bank. And at, at some point, the CEO uh, and I met and he I was, was working as a consultant from the outside. And at one point he said, I'd like to bring in an internal resource. And so he, he brought me in uh, and that was going to be in my mind, probably several years, which turned into nine years. Uh, and I stayed there, but I continued to go from that, that trust and that relationship piece to kind of the other side of the desk, which was, Hey, what can we do? If we look at things through the customer's lens, through an empathetic lens, you know, what can we do to build that relationship and build that trust? And so that was the, the trust, the trusted advisor work I did was on the micro level, like literally training individuals on how to build trust so that, and they were traditionally in financial and professional services, lawyers, CPAs, um, accountants, um, and, and engineers and other people that thought sell was a four letter word. And, and so then from that, I started to look more at the macro level and how can we organizationally look at things from the customer's lens, build trust with them and not take these traditional approaches that were 
product focused, sales focused, um, and, and look at things from the customer standpoint. I just became more and more intrigued with that. And that's, that's kind of how my path uh, ended me up where I did. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear you, you talk about that because I know that you are, like I said, a board member at the CXPA. I know you've earned your CCXP certification, um, but I also know there's a lot of consultants that are out there that just have more or less slapped the label on them. And so I always think it's important for organizations to know where somebody comes in, how credentialed they are, what kind of experience they have. And I love that your experience came out of sales because those relationships are just the key to everything that they do. And it's further interesting to me that you named your company Empowered CX. And I am starting to understand the connection to that, but you know what they say about assuming. So rather than me assuming that connection, do you want to just share how the name came about? Sure. Um, it's, it's a great question. And when I'm doing podcasts, I don't really ordinarily get the chance to share how the name came about. Even, even in regular conversation, I really don't get to share it often. So I'm excited to do that. Um, Empowered CX, when I was a management consultant, um, I, I worked for, for an organization uh, where if you weren't having monthly recurring revenue from your clients uh, and the client ended up moving on, uh, then instead of, and, and I've heard healthy companies, this is just my opinion, call it graduating, but this company called it a failure. And I don't view it that way. I view, we're not, we're not there to occupy our corner office. I, I'd like to help my clients become self-sufficient and teach them, you know, how to do it themselves and empower them to serve their customers well consistently. So the, the idea, I mean, it is that everyone in the organization should be empowered and the employees should be empowered uh, to work together collaboratively to, to end up with the output of an outstanding customer experience. And, and I'll just add on to that, if I could, is the reason that I, uh, I do what I do and have done it and now do it on the consulting side is because I think it makes a difference in people's lives. And, and what I mean by that is if you think about how many times a day that you interact with companies or organizations or even government agencies, you know, it, it's probably way more than you would even consider. And everyone, you know, whether it's you wake up and you go to, go to a coffee shop, you end up going to a bank or calling someone to service something in your home or apartment or where you live or travel somewhere, even just, you know, go through a toll booth yeah, there are all these points of interaction that affect your day. And I believe the work that you do in whatever industry you're in can change the trajectory of someone's day and make their lives better. You know, because there's this whole pay it forward. So if, if they're in a bad mood because they, they had a bad experience, well, don't you think that'll affect their circle, circle of influence? And then that will trickle. You know, so either good or bad, there's going to be an experience. And either good or bad, the outcome of that will affect the circle of influence around them. And I think, you know, personal mission of mine is to serve others well. So th this just connects to my why. You know, it's funny because I do think there's an underlying theme in the customer experience world of, of servant leadership. And Fred Reichheld talks about it all the time in his books, his podcasts, his webinars, things like that. And he talked exactly about what you were just saying, which is making people's lives better. 
And it's funny because, you know, work is work, but work doesn't have to be painful. And so I think when you're starting to get the customer experience right, it really moves those things along. And it really brings me to this intriguing next question that I have for you, which is, so as you are working on this and as you're taking Empowered CX and you're empowering these organizations to, to move forward in this into really improving lives, um, what are the kinds of problems that you solve for your clients and, and why do you think this is important? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think um, people, whether they're in a small, smaller company, medium size or larger, they have, they do what they do pretty well. Like they know what their product is. They're technically very good. They wouldn't be in business for any period of time unless they did some things right. The question now is as companies start to scale, and that's different for every company, every industry, it's harder and harder to be consistent in the delivery of that experience to your customers. It's easy when it's just you or there's several people or you can just walk down the hall and get an answer. Um, but as you, as you grow and you become less and less even familiar with the people in your organization, um, then and, and departments start to form and you get specialized because that's what growth is, is you ultimately specialize. There are natural silos that develop and those silos are, are part of the reason why it's so difficult um, there are a number of reasons, uh, regulation, competition. Um, we have uh, short labor shortages right now. We have, um, we have, uh, em- employee, uh, engagement, uh, issues or opportunities. We have, you know, the cu- cultural issues and all these things come together, but communication is an absolute huge one. You know, that's, that's probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, it always came up on our, uh, employee surveys that communication, some form or another of communication, you just can't really communicate enough. And, and so those are all reasons that get in the way of, of delivering consistently. So I help companies get that, get rid of that inconsistency or at least mitigate it that ends up causing friction for customers. And then we talked there earlier about changing the trajectory of their day but there are real business implications for that too, is that when you have that friction, when you have that inconsistency, it impacts revenues, it impacts new, new client acquisition. And one of the things that's maybe more subtle and harder to measure is it impacts referrals. So this whole net promoter score thing that people have heard about, how likely are you to recommend to a colleague or friend? It's not a perfect metric, but it's, it's as good as any. Uh, some would argue it's better than any of all the alternatives. Um, it asks really about this loyalty question and how likely you to recommend. And, and those referrals for most businesses, there are a few exceptions for most are, are gold. <laughs> those referrals are gold, you know, especially if you're in financial services or technology or something like that. Um, even if you think about your, your, your medical, your medical care providers, right? You're, you're going to be headed, headed into the medical field um, how, how often do you ask your friend or neighbor about what doctor do or dentist do you use, right? And then maybe you do some cursory checking them out, but pretty much it's a slam dunk once you get that referral. And that's true for financial, you know, financial planning and accounting and legal. And so it's just the, the inconsistency has so many implications and that's driving that consistency so that they can delight their customers, which is the name of the podcast, is 
is is um, how I help my customers. And there's you know there's a set of core competencies that the best companies have that we measure up against, right? But but that's in general is that we try to drive consistently outstanding experiences for all those business implications that I just shared. No, and you said something that I latched onto as you were talking, that was the cost of friction. Mm. Because you mentioned some of the impacts, but that's a big one. And that cost of friction is very expensive. And most people don't think about that. Um, Do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah. So, I mean, number one, it's heightened right now in the world that we live in. Uh, friction, you know, I just shared a, a, a um, post this morning on LinkedIn about some data that came back from the XM Institute that from 2020 to two, 2021 to 2022 over the last year, there's been an across the board drop in this likelihood to recommend so customer loyalty across industries So companies have, whether you know it or not, generally speaking, broadly speaking, there are more customers at risk right now. Um, so there's a cost associated with running off customers uh, in terms of that friction. There's a cost associated with, well, if you get a complaint, because we, I, part of the department I was in, we had complaints. Uh, and yeah, those, would, those would go up. And those cost company money. You know, every time you have to call back in or speak to another person or organization to resolve an issue, or you go from self-serve solution to now a channel that's much more expensive, um, you know, then, and you, and you and I were talking earlier about how many, how many bad experiences does it take for someone to switch? You're one step closer to them leaving you. So the, the costs are, are real, they're real tangible, and they're often not noticed or measured. Yeah, Qualtrics pinned that down um, in a study they did last year because the study came out in October of 21 last year. And they said that poor customer experiences put $1.9 trillion mm. in U.S. consumer spending at risk annually. So, you know, I love what you're saying about how it's even gotten worse from 21 to 22. So that number's got to be well over $2 trillion right now. When you think about the impact of that kind of money on our economy, that's substantial. Yeah, no, no question about it. Yeah, that that is, and that's a big impact. And I, I really like your term, cost of friction, because I, you know, I don't think people necessarily think about that part of it, and they get so caught up in, you know, how many customers are we acquiring, and and you know that piece of it, but how many customers are we retaining, and how many customers are we getting through referrals? That's better use of of spending, and it's just wiser on so many different levels. So. As you're working with your customers, do you have a certain approach that you like to take when helping them? I love the idea of empowering them, but how do you dig into that? So I really like to get to know the customers, who they are, what, why they started their business, uh, what, what drives them, what, what's their mission or their purpose, and really understand that. There may be some current issues, some crisis or some you know, burning platform that needs to be looked at and addressed first. But having said that, you know, and then maybe that's where we're starting to work together and, and diagnose because a lot, really what it comes down to is spending a lot of time solving, making sure we're solving the right problem. Right? What Defining the problem together is really the first step. In terms of the approach, um, there, there's a five-step process that I like to eventually get to. And that is number one, what is the current state of your customer experience? 
how is it now? And we'll look at different parameters of what you know, the core competencies of the best companies in the world and measure against those and give you an understanding of number one, we'd like to, we'd like to learn directly from your customers. Maybe that's a survey, maybe that's a focus group, maybe that's speaking to your employees. Um, there's different ways to listen and create listening posts. Um, but, but to do that on an ongoing basis and build that in, you know, as a capability, enable the, the organization to listen. Um, and then maybe even the best companies all have closed feedback loops. So once you've listened uh, and you hear something that either is a great call out, a great kudo for your organization or an individual in your organization, or it could be a point of friction that you're seeing a theme on, or there's something right now that needs to be addressed. I mean, so when you set up a platform of some kind to be able to listen, an illustration is we would, we would sometimes get people to say, I, 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 I bank with you, but I need someone to talk to about a home equity line. So that's, that's like a hot lead right there. Those come up. There are people that say, I spoke to Patty and let me tell you, she is the best. She's the reason why I've been with you for two decades. So those should be called out as well and, and given uh, recognition for that employee and then the other piece of it is you set up an alert uh, for companies who maybe score customers who score below a certain point and you have a closed uh, feedback loop, right? Who, who where you, you have someone, even though they didn't ask for it, you're following up with them and you're saying, how can we help you? In some cases you might not, but it's just the fact that they're not getting, uh, they're getting a response from someone is critical. And then quickly through the other, the other pieces of it is, under, so helping you develop, if you don't already have one, a customer experience strategy, you probably have a business strategy, but what specifically is the strategy to ensure this consistently outstanding experience you're going to have? Um, and then third is if there's a gap between your current state and the desired future vision that you have based on this customer experience strategy, what are those gaps, right? And then the fourth step is how do you prioritize together which ones uh, need, and that's a collaborative process, often in a workshop format. How do you prioritize which ones get done? Uh, and, then, and then lastly, you kind of execute and implement and measure how it's gone. So how do I know I'm successful? What, what benchmarks do we set out in that first step that we're improving upon, that, are, that we're goaling to improve upon? And that's, that's what we tend to walk through. It's kind of hard to, I'm, I appreciate you asking because it's kind of hard to explain in, uh, in a 30 second blip or in a, in a LinkedIn po podcast or a LinkedIn post. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the process and it's a collaborative process where we walk through it together. I think that what you said is really important because organizations want to believe that they're customer centric and, and customers tell us they're not. But I think the biggest problem that most organizations have is they don't know how to get started. So they start with a survey. And then the customer experience become known as the survey people, mm -hmm. or they go to their contact center, or they think it's the front line and it's customer service. But you're right. It's so more all encompassing. And that's why I love your approach to work together, to diagnose, uh, to, work to, to work together collaboratively to diagnose the problem. I think that goes a really long way. And just to help them get started. Exactly. They don't know where to go and they don't know where to start. It, 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 and it helps to your point uh, earlier about you alluded to the fact that some people are in this space that that we're in that don't really have experience leading and running a, a real uh, discipline within an organization. They haven't been practitioners. And it's, it's really hard. It's almost like 
I, I don't know, an analogy, I, I like to try at golf, right? I'm a golfer. I've been for decades. And it would be like someone saying, like, watch a video or read a book about golf and become a golfer. You know, well, it's someone who's been a golfer, who's been on the course, who's got the bumps and bruises and bogeys and double bogeys and triple bogeys to, to have learned to become proficient at what they do. Um, that's where the wisdom, you know, you, you get. And so the, the purpose of someone like me would be not, not that you couldn't do it, but to accelerate and shorten that whole time frame to build the competencies in so that you can drive that consistently outstanding experience. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because um, the report that you and I met on with the CX leadership, one of the things that I found through the research was that most CX leaders come from somewhere else. And it's about a little over 85% of them are coming from somewhere else. And you wouldn't take someone that was outside of finance and make them a CFO. You wouldn't take somebody who was outside of marketing and make them a CMO. But this happens all the time in customer experience. So having somebody like you there to, particularly for a new CX leader, I think that your services would just be invaluable. And it leads me to to wonder and to ask a little bit about what are the kind of clients that you tend to work with? I mean, I see what you do is so valuable, but you know, it's usually easier to kind of siphon that in a little bit and tighten it up. Yeah. So um, it, it, I tend to work with financial service organizations uh, because the bank I worked at had an insurance division, had a mortgage, had a wealth management, had B2C you know, customers and also B2B customers. Uh, in my previous life, I, I worked with technology companies and allied health. I mean, you know, you're, you're going from um, the research world and you, your background was, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited when I think about Neiman Marcus, you know, the retail world and all, all the firsthand knowledge and skills that you learned about serving customers so well. I mean, they have such a great brand, you know, and now you're going into healthcare um, to help. So the customer experience principles and this core competencies that I didn't go into, but I alluded to, well, they apply to any business. You just, which levers you push on harder or pull, that, that just depends on the company and the industry. The financial services market is near and dear to my heart, and it's where I spend a lot of my time. So um, those companies would be first, but really it, it's, it doesn't have to be limited to that specific sector. You know, I think about that, and there's a plethora of information out there now about customer experience. If you Google it, you get, I mean, there's endless pages. There's tons of books out there now. There's a lot of people who are thought leaders, some alleged, some actual, um, and a lot of really strong practitioners that are out there and things like that. So I just, I think about that. And I think how important it is, once again, to make sure that somebody is reaching out to someone like yourself, who's credentialed and has the actual work experience in this. And it, to me, that practitioner experience is just invaluable because you can, you know how to apply the theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it takes it from theoretical and hypothetical to reality. Yeah. I mean, so I, you know, I was fortunate enough uh, several years back to, I, I, when I was, I mentioned my background was sales and sales management. And I went to Loyola in, in Baltimore to get my MBA and then stayed connected with some of the professors there. And they um, invited me to come and teach a sales leadership course. And I did that on and off for about six years. And then, uh, they asked me to come back again, 
and teach it. And I'm like, I switched professions a few years back, um, but would you allow me to build out a customer experience management course? So I got a chance to do that. I had some of the uh, thought leaders in our industry come in and teach a class. Um, and, and it was a lot of, a lot of fun. And so, yeah, the, the academic piece, the classroom piece is one aspect, but until they get, you know, in front of a real life situation where you've got to influence uh, leaders and key stakeholders and build those trusting relationships and also have good data to make decisions with, um, you know, it, it's not, you don't know what it's like to go through it. And, and that's why it's really helpful to deal with. Whether you deal with me or someone else, I'd highly recommend that you deal with, as Patty said, someone who's certified. The, the, the CCXP is a certified customer experience professional designation. It's the only independent one that we have that isn't sponsored by a vendor of some kind. Um, and it's one I highly recommend. Yeah, because there are other ones that are out there, but like you said, they are they're sponsored by vendors. And it's always to me one thing you had, you mentioned golf with this, but I see it all the time in customer experience. You know, people tell you, here's what you're gonna do, here's how you're gonna do it, so on and so forth. But to actually get in and do it and to see the different innuendos that happen with it and how one thing just automatically leads to another thing. That's where a CX professional such as yourself, who's already navigated this, can really help guide and lead somebody along. So um, before your listeners, what is the best way for them to reach you? Well, the best way is probably uh, empoweredcx.com. Um, there's a button on there and there's our, a way to reach me there. Uh, otherwise, LinkedIn, Mark Slayton, uh, S-L-A-T-I-N at LinkedIn. I'd uh, love for you to, to connect through the podcast too. Delighted Customers Podcast on all the major distribution channels for that. Those are, those are great ways. And, uh, you know, Mark's too hum far too humble to plug this, so I'm going to do it instead. But I've been listening to his podcast now since it came out. And it's just the most interesting conversation to listen to because I listen to podcasts fairly often. And it's funny, you can always tell when you've got a host that is in the know versus the host that's just going through the list of questions mm. that are out there. And so it becomes a conversation at that point in time between two really smart people. And that's how I always feel when I listen to your podcast. So for your listeners, I do strongly recommend that you like his podcast, that you give it a high rating, uh, you know, give it the, I think it's a five-star rating that's on there, but it's fascinating to listen to. And, um, and I can't always get excited when the new podcast gets dropped. So thank you, Mark. Well, so kind. And, and let me turn that around on you is if they wanted to reach you, uh, what will be the best way for them to reach you? Um, the best way to reach me is just through LinkedIn. Yeah. And I'm Patty with a Y. And that's the easiest way to, to reach me. And my last name is Soltis. It's S-O-L-T-I-S. Um, so that's just the best way to reach me is through LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on there and um, always love to hear from new people. Excellent. This was Thank fun. Thank you so much, Mark, for letting me interview you. I really enjoyed this. And gosh, it's just quite frankly speared more questions that I would want to ask you. But time is of the essence. And I think this, but I think this is a great introduction for your listeners to know more about you and who you are. So thank you. Thank you, Patty. Thanks for listening to the Delighted Customers Podcast. I'd like to ask you a favor. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of my other ones, hit subscribe or follow. I've got a lot of other great guests that are coming up and a lot of other great content, and I don't want you to miss anything. You can find any links or references on the show 
in the show notes, and you can find those on my website at empoweredcx.com. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.